Welcome to episode 18 of Getting Real About. In today's episode, Mandy and Mariah are talking all about self-image. They discuss the physical, mental, and emotional sides of struggling with our self-esteem and confidence. They also talk about the external effects that play into how we view ourselves. You'll hear some words of encouragement and get a few tips on how to have a positive outlook on your own self-image. All right, ladies, it's time to get real. Welcome to another episode of Getting Real About. We are on episode 18, and today we are going to be talking about self-image. My name is Mandy Jones, and I am here with one of my friends and co-workers, Mariah Clark. Hello, hello. Hello. I'm happy to have you here with me to talk about this topic. You have such a good voice for podcasting. I'm listening to you like, oh, it's so soothing. Thank you. (laughs) You know, people have told me that, and it's funny. I don't like my voice at all. When I listen to recordings, I think I sound like I'm five. (laughs) And I talk really fast and I try to slow down. No, you're but doing it great. Just, thank you. I, I'm like, wow, I'm impressed by your voice right no, now. Thank you. Welcome to getting real with that. Um, but I have Mariah here today and we have a topic that is, I think, talked about a lot or yeah. at least thought about a lot. That's one thing we have said. But like I said, my name is Mandy and I am a marketing director and I have a husband who I've been married to for nine years and we have two children. I have a daughter who is, she's coming up on six. I can't even believe that. Five and a half and my son just turned three in the fall and that's me why don't you tell us about you yeah I'm Mariah and I am um, our children's family pastor at the Lake Stevens campus mm-hmm. um, I've been married to my husband uh, this year in May will be 11 years oh. And we have three kids. We've got three boys. We've got a six, almost seven-year-old. He'll be seven in April. Um, we have a four-year-old, and we have an almost one-year-old in less so about a month. He'll I know, be I can't one. I can't. The time has flown. I so, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to a friend though. I was like, I think I know that we're done because like I'm f- excited to get rid of the stuff that he yes. likes when I'm done with that season. Like, yeah. oh, he doesn't sit in a bumbo anymore. Get Gone. rid of it. Yeah. So we went through that after my son, and I think it's mostly for my husband. He doesn't. I I, I have semi hoarder like tendencies. <laughs> 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 Not on purpose. It just happens. I just hold on to things because I'm like, I'm gonna need that later. Mm-hmm. Or it's like there's some memory you don't spend or something. The money. No. to buy it twice no Me but too. he's like two we're good we got, you know girl and a boy he's happy likes the four of us and I think most women out there who have had children just never really get that full feeling of being done yeah and I mean I, I don't know I feel like I, I don't know I'm kind of I've kind of got that full feeling yeah, but you know but there are days where I'm like we're good yes <laughs> and then sometimes I'll see a baby and I'm like oh so cute but then at the same time I'm like do I really want to get back into that but we've gotten rid of the majority of the baby stuff for me and I'm coming to more terms with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's a different season you kind of go into now. We're yeah. starting to get to the point where things are, you know, it's just, it gets a little, it's, it's different and it's easier in a way to not have to deal with baby stuff all the yeah. time. Well, I mean, I remember watching you the other day, walk out of daycare oh, yeah. and you had both kids and I was like, oh, and they were just following Fall after behind, you yeah. so well. And I was like, man, someday I'll be there. Yeah. I'm like take, taking my little baby, <laughs> put him on my hip or in the car, the car seat. seats. Those, so I was not sad to see that thing go away. <laughs> those are not fun. Yeah. So that's about me. That's Mariah. Well, um, it's funny when I asked Mariah to be on this episode with me, um, I went down, I was talking to her and she was down the lobby talking with another friend and, um, I said, Hey, do you want to record a podcast with me an episode? And I said, I think we're going to kind of do body image, which I changed it to self image. And she goes, Oh, thanks. As she's eating some chocolate chip cookie dough. And I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Should I eat this yeah, while well, we're talking about body image? I mean, absolutely. Whatever makes you happy, right? I think it was like mid bite. I think I had like you a did, spoon yeah. full of cookie dough <laughs> in my mouth as you proposed this idea. I was like, right, right. Yeah, cool. She's like, yeah, sure. She takes my bite. Yeah. Body image. Sure. Sure. You want me to talk about that? I'm like, I do. I, I did not stop do. eating that cookie dough. <laughs> no, no. Let the record show. I continued eating it. Which I think is great. Cookie dough is good. It is so good. But so yeah, so we're here to talk today about self-image, which, you know, it's the reason I changed it kind of from body image to more or less self-image is the fact that it's not just the physical side. And mm-hmm. so going to kind of talk through some of the mental side here as well. But we're just going to kind of jump into into the conversation. So, Mariah, what do you think are some of the factors that affect our self-image? Well, I was thinking about this and, you know, I really think a good portion of it is culture. Mm-hmm. And with that is social media. Yeah. Um, we edit ourselves to whatever we think the people around us want us to be. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to 
really just be your authentic self and be okay with this is who I am. This is what you get of me. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're not interested in that, that's okay. And so I think we get to this point where we ride this line between I'm changing every bit of myself to make you like me and the extreme polar opposite, which is you're, this is just, I am who I am, like take Mm -hmm. it or leave it. And we constantly are find trying to find that balance and we ride both extremes. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I do. Mm-hmm. So I think culture, social media, I think a lot of it also um, for me, I would say is anxiety and need for control. Mm-hmm. I want to dictate how you view me because yes. I'm worried that if you see the authentic me, you're not going to like me. Mm-hmm. Um, or And so that fear of rejection causes all of this anxiety in me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I can con- just control who I am and how the people around me see me, the anxiety doesn't have to be there. Mm-hmm. And I get to dictate whether you're going to like me or not like me. So, I mean, yes, I mean, culture, social media, all of it definitely plays a huge role in it. And it's kind of interesting how you're saying you want to control the viewpoint that other people have of you. And I still remember, and I, I, I think I get this wrong a lot, but that's okay. You guys will get the point. But you know, there's that saying about like um, the whole like wear the swimsuit. Have you heard, you know, people have said oh, like yeah. when you go to the beach, like wear the swimsuit or whatever. Yeah, like, and don't how, worry about it. Just wear, the, wear swimsuit. the swimsuit and kind of what people are doing. And there was this like quote, you know, thing I saw, of course, on social media. Right. But um, <laughs> that said, like, you're the only one worried about how you look like no one else is looking at you. They're all just worried about themselves. Mm. And it's one of those things, like, I feel like every summer I have to tell myself, Andy, people really probably don't care as much about you as you think. Like, why are you so selfish or, you know, so just caught up in that mindset that people care so much yes. about how you look and what you're doing? And it's it's just kind of it's in, it's an interesting way to kind of shift that thought, you know, cause like we're all so internal. We're all so just like, I don't know if it's egotistical is the word to say, but like we think about ourselves and how everyone mm-hmm. else views us so much. We care so much about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just such like, I have to tell myself and I struggle with it daily, but it's something I have to remind myself of that they aren't worried about you mm-hmm. and whether you have themselves. your stuff together. They're worried about themselves. They're thinking, what is that girl over there? Who's worried about herself? Mm-hmm. You know, like what I'm thinking, it's just such a backwards thing. But I would say though, like, yes. And then the other part of me goes, I know the, the old version of myself. And sometimes I have to pull myself out of that mode, but there have been so many moments of my life where I would just was felt so horrid about myself Mm -hmm. that I would look at other people and I would immediately be looking for reasons to not like them physically, mentally, Mm -hmm. emotionally, whatever. And so in a sense, you kind of do have to worry about it. Uh, Obviously healthy, you know, a healthy Mm -hmm. dose, but that's a lot of it too, is it's like, recognizing that yeah they're probably not thinking about you they're probably thinking about themselves but if they are thinking about you it's because it's coming from a negative space within themselves yeah and so like there have been so many times when you know old mentality of me I would have gone to the beach and looked at somebody and been like wow they should not be wearing that here and like but that's just this because I was so self-conscious of myself that I was trying to find the person who I felt was worse Mm -hmm. to make myself feel not so awful and so it's nothing to do with them it was just my own insecurity yeah that's definitely a good place. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, they're not thinking about you most of the time, but if they are thinking about you, it's because they're really mm-hmm. in a bad space themselves. Yeah. So don't want to be the worst one in the room. Yeah, exactly. Kind of feeling. <laughs> so as far as, you know, people struggling with it and I can't, I mean, I, this, I have no data to back this up, but I can't imagine that there's really anybody out there who doesn't struggle with this, mm. like, you know, in some form. So like, why do, why do you think people struggle with this? Like you were kind of saying like you're your past self. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. do you have like past experiences that has kind of, that stems this for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, in different assets. So physically, mm-hmm. um, I remember when I was younger, early tween age, I was in a fitting room, um, trying something on and I was with somebody that I very much care for, mm-hmm. um, who was with me shopping. And I came out of the fitting room to show her this item. I said, what do you think about this? And she said, Oh no, not that one. It shows all of your roles. And I remember in that moment, like I'd never considered this yeah. until this exact moment. And I, it was such a pivotal shift because all of a sudden I realized like, oh, my body type and my my look is going to define how others view me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it comes down to even in my job, like if you're like, okay, we speak to people, we mm-hmm. preach, we evangelize. And will people not be as receptive to what we have to say if we don't look the part, mm-hmm. if we don't look a certain way? So that moment where she said that to me was yeah. the moment that I started considering every interaction I have with a person 
might be dictated on how I look. Mm. And so I had never considered that my looks were anything but just my looks until then. And so that was the first one. But then on a more like not body image type, on a Mm -hmm. more um, mentality and personality type, I remember being with a guy in high school and um, we broke up senior year. So it was right when I'm, you know, Mm deciding who I'm supposed to be sure, yeah. senior and turning 18 and mm-hmm. you know what am I doing and I remember him saying when we broke up just he just went off and um and was saying just awful things like you know you're never going to find someone to put up with you mm. you're so unlovable he's he would say like you have too many bad qualities no one will ever be willing to deal with that you know all of this stuff and you know hindsight obviously that's atrocious people experience worse than that every day yeah. like but it became that where yeah. I just said, all I'm worthy of is, is, is this that I have to offer because no one else will want all of the uh, icky parts of me. Yeah. You know, the parts that are not as pleasant to be around the parts that are not as pretty pleasant mm-hmm. to look at, you know? And so those things I think were really what led to a lifetime of struggling with it. Like, yeah. And it's always in my head, does this outfit show my roles? And is this personality trait of mine unlovable? And like, those are like the repeating yeah things in your head it's just awful no that is awful and you know when you kind of look back at that and in the moment obviously that that's like you said that's that was your experience with um, the guy telling you those things and knowing that he's clearly coming from a place where he's not comfortable with himself mm-hmm, right he's trying mm-hmm. to tear you down to make to build himself up and so and same thing with the fitting room right mm-hmm. you know it's those different things that people that people do but um yeah it's really interesting I always um as a kid I was never the smallest. I was always tall. Mm-hmm. I've always been one of the taller girls. And now I appreciate my height. I never really did um, when I was a kid, but I was never the smallest. I wasn't like the little thing. And I hung out with a lot of people that were, and not that if there was ever anything wrong with me or that I was like an obese child mm-hmm. or had health issues with it, but it was just, you were always kind of looking for the thing that you don't have right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or they're so much smaller or oh they seem so much cuter because they're smaller you Mm -hmm. know what I mean that sort of like mentality I guess kind of around that and was a kind of a hard thing I think growing growing up for Mm -hmm. sure and just kind of like you were saying where you know it's the the fitting rooms and the different things like I didn't like to do that with people because it's I'm already I feel like so critical of myself um when it comes to you know your physical looks and things like that and again I know that that's not the overall, like the overarching thing and that what people should base me on. But when you aren't comfortable mm-hmm. with yourself and how you look and feel, you're going to tell yourself those things. And I think when it comes to like a mental standpoint, a lot of times I don't give myself, I feel like enough credit for what I do know, you know, like you do, you want to be, you know, I'm, I'm never going to walk into a room and say I'm the smartest person in this room. I, I know that I'm not, but I also know that like I'm, I do know things, right? Mm-hmm. And I have strengths, but I don't give myself enough credit for those things or always feel like somebody's trying to um, challenge those feelings or those thoughts or, you know, somebody always knows better than I do or why, you know, why would I have this figured out? You know, like being capable of yeah. like what you know and knowledge. And I guess I don't really have any experiences of people saying those things to me that I'm not, you know, or that I shouldn't feel that way. But I think it's just kind of over time, there's just there's so much to learn. (laughs) There's Mm -hmm, so much mm -hmm. to change, you know, and you kind of get stuck in this mindset of if I haven't figured it out how to do this one way, maybe I don't know how to do it for other things. And to that point, you know, I think the more that you, um, walk into these rooms Mm -hmm. and you, and you think you, these, these things replay over and over again. Um, we, we just, as a staff actually just watched a video about, um, yeah, mindset, a soundtrack, the soundtrack Mm -hmm. in your head, overthinking what, Mm -hmm what soundtrack do you have Mm -hmm. playing? I'm not the smartest one here. Mm -hmm. I'm not. And you, you intentionally downplay the good parts about you because you want to justify the soundtrack in your own head. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And so every, you look for moments where that is reinforced in conversation. It's just, we're, we are destroying our own selves in this, right? Like you allow those other people to say something into you and now that becomes your soundtrack. And then before you know it, you're Mm self-sabotaging. You're looking for reasons to point out every physical part of you that's not good enough or every mental part of you that's not good enough because it just reinforces that I'm not the smartest one here. Mm -hmm. I'm not the skinniest one here. I'm not the shortest one here. And you're self-sabotaging your own life. Yeah. It's just awful. It is awful. And it is hard to change those soundtracks. Yeah. You know, he talked about overthinking and it was kind of funny if you watched it was John Acuff and 
it was really good. Really good. It was really good. And he has a book out and I do actually want to read it. And I do that all the time. I'm like, I want to read everything, but I can't read it all at once. But it was really good. And but when you start really thinking about what you're overthinking about, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And, you know, and it's and it's interesting, too, how, you know, like if you see somebody, you know, a friend or something, oh, and you, and you compliment them on something like, oh, I love your hair. Oh, that, you know, that shirt. But I think like, do you ever spend time complimenting yourself? I was thinking about that the other day, yeah. like saying something positive to myself, like in the mirror, right? Because I typically critique and I yeah. tear down for the things that I see that I don't like. But I thought, man, I am, you know, will be one of the first people to be like, oh, that's so cute. Or, oh, I like that. Where'd you get that to somebody else? But not I don't, not, not to myself. Yeah. I mean, and, and also it, that made me think of something. I was just talking to our coworker, Stacy. Now, Stacy and mm-hmm. I both um, run meetings mm-hmm. um, on our kids and youth team. And so I've she's helped me realize in talking out how I process things. I, I tend to, even now, even in, I've kind of like hit a new in the last, um, maybe a year or so, like a, just a new enlightened place where mm-hmm. I view myself differently. And I mean, we can, we'll get to some of that stuff, but, um, but I, I was sitting there and talking to her and I was just saying, you do this thing so well. Mm-hmm. And in the process of telling her how well she did something, it would be, me directly then saying, I don't do that at all. Well, or I say, I'll say to her, so she'll say she is really good at having coaching conversations that are grace filled. Mm -hmm. So instead of pointing out bad behavior in somebody, um, she says, why is this the behavior you're having? What's the root cause of Mm -hmm. it? Right. So, so much more grace where I will just be more abrasive and go like, Hey, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Like, this is stupid. And so, um, (laughs) but in telling her and complimenting her good qualities, Mm -hmm. I, intentionally didn't say it wasn't a, you do this really well. I would love to work harder to be mm-hmm. more grace filled. It was, you do that. Well, I'm so abrasive. I'm awful at that. Yeah. And it was just this, you know, it was just complete opposite. Like you can't tell somebody that their mm-hmm. thing is good without therefore saying, but my thing is like, yep. I'm the opposite of that. I'm so awful. Yeah. Like you're less than that. Yeah. yeah. Just... I know. And you need people like that in your life. My um, boss, who you also work with too, Cami, she, I said the other day we were talking and, you know, like I said, like you said, I can point out all the things that I haven't gotten to, mm-hmm. or I haven't done, or maybe haven't been as successful as I would like them to be. But yet she's there. My, she's my cheerleader. And I told her the other day, I was like, I need you to be, continue to be my cheerleader Mm -hmm. because I was like, I don't do it for myself. And not that I need somebody to say, you're doing so great, Mandy, like every single second. But it's nice to hear once in a while because, and it starts to think like, maybe I should start thinking about those things. Mm -hmm. And I've um, been doing this challenge. It's kind of a weight loss mindset, nutrition type challenge. And in it, I am being challenged to do a five minute Um, a day journal. And with it, you, you know, you do your morning routine and your night routine. And in the morning, you write down three things that you're grateful for. And then at night, you write down three wins from the day. Mm. And it's like, it's super simple. It doesn't take a whole lot of time. But it kind of goes through that you start to recognize, like, when I get up in the morning, rather than tearing myself down, I should be grateful for the fact that I woke up Mm -hmm. in the morning Mm -hmm. and that I am alive and breathing in there. And at night, the fact that I got myself and my kids out the door and we were on time Mm -hmm. for school and work, that's a win, you know, and it's a, it's a big win. And to celebrate even some of those little things can just really change the way you view stuff. It just makes you you know, it, it gives you sort of that little like rah, rah, (laughs) you know, you have something to be grateful for. It might not be where you want to go or you might want to learn and grow and get better. And that's great. Yeah. But it doesn't, but it, it just gives you something to kind of celebrate each day. Yeah. And so I think that's something that'll definitely, you know, I'm excited. I'm kind of just sort of diving into this idea of it, but just, I mean, even last night I was like, yeah, my wins, my wins were not big, like mm-hmm. not big time things, but it's something I could celebrate. And I felt good about it before I went to bed and yeah. it made me happy. Yeah. Well, it's the act of, of you're looking for the good things. Yeah. You know, if you've gotten into this routine of, I have to write down my wins, I have mm-hmm. to put, pinpoint my wins. You're looking for the wins. And my husband and I actually just started something similar mm-hmm. just to it strengthen our marriage. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a nitpicker. <laughs> by trade <laughs> just a little bit I think, and, a lot of uh, us are. I, think I would probably <laughs> categorize myself as that too <laughs> and so I tend to yeah quickly uh-huh. remind him yeah. mm-hmm. and remind myself of all the things he does not do yes and so um 
it just dragged him down yeah. and you know we were not in a great spot and so you know we started picking a couple things that we want to improve mm -hmm. on and, and easy wins easy things that we can accomplish well yeah and these small foundational pieces to just rebuild and not rebuild but strengthen where mm -hmm. we're at and so one of mine was find two things a day that you're thankful for about something that mark has done and build him up in mm -hmm. that you did this and it was so yeah and it, I even in you know the little bit of time that we've been doing this it's been like every single day I'm looking and I'm like man there are so many things he's doing mm -hmm. man I could pan I could pick 10 things I only need to pick two but I can pick 10 and so mm -hmm. I'm telling him constantly how thankful I am that he does this how he did this and it's not like thank you for being so great with the kids it's hey thanks for feeding Briggs that bottle for me mm -hmm. so I could do the dishes or hey thanks for making the bottle so I didn't have to get up off the couch mm -hmm. or you know whatever and you look for what, mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say is you look for reasons mm -hmm. to be happy and to win, yeah. to find wins in the day. And when you're looking for those, you don't have enough mental capacity to look for the bad things exactly. anymore. So it's a whole shift. It is a shift. And I think it's, yeah, it just, it kind of creates that routine. It sort of creates your mind to be in a more positive place and looking mm -hmm. for those things, like you said. And I think it's a, it's, yeah, I'm excited to kind of dive into that. I'm, I'm excited so for you happy. and Mark to be doing that too. Oh, thank so. you. I'm excited too. Yeah. And I'm glad you're finding And he's telling something. you nice things too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, and his, his, more, his was more just being super helpful. Like yes. his yeah, thing okay. to work on. Yes. He's always good about, for the most part, about reinforcing yeah. the things I do. But no, it's more like, okay, now he's going to help. Not yes. just let me pick up his socks off the floor. Okay. <laughs> He'll put them away. That's, that's perfect. That's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> No, that's good. Yeah. Well, when I was kind of looking into this topic and things of self-image, you know, they talk about there's four components and I guess there's actually probably six or seven different things that they had here as examples. Like some had four components, some had the six stages, but I liked these ones. It talked about self-confidence, identity, feeling of belonging and feeling of competence. And these are all kind of things we've sort of discussed out of there as far as kind of your self-image. One of those do you think affect you more than any of the others? Yeah, it's actually funny because I yeah I looked at those, but now as you're saying them, mm -hmm. it's hitting me a little differently. Yeah. This feeling of belonging yeah. piece has been, like I said, I've had this bit of a, like <laughs> enlightening for lack of better term here in the last few years. Um, I suffered from furious, serious FOMO, mm. a fear of mm -hmm. missing out. And I would get to this point where I thought... I had to be at everything, hang out with every person. I had to, if, if we're doing something, an overnight thing, like I remember when we would go away for our kids retreats, mm -hmm. um, or in the early years of me working here and we'd plan out the ser sermon series for the year. If everybody stayed up late, I couldn't go to bed. I don't yeah. care how tired I am. I have to stay up late mm -hmm. with them because my mentality, I, I thought like, if, if I'm not there in the thick of it, mm -hmm. then connections are going to happen without me and I'm going to be left behind in yeah. friendships and friendships are going to deepen. These are the moments that the friendships yeah. deepen late at night in these conversations. And I'm going to miss out on that. And, um, no one's going to like me as much because these other friendships are going to deepen. And so because I needed to belong, mm -hmm. I put myself in so many positions where yeah. I was miserable. I was tired. I wasn't spending time with my family, my husband, my kids, because they're always going to be there. Yeah. This friendship I have to invest in right now with everything in mm -hmm. me. And um, my FOMO destroyed me in so many ways. And so that feeling of belonging really screwed with me. <laughs> no, I get that big time. We did... Um a podcast episode earlier or last year, I guess that was, um, making friends as, a, as adults. Mm. And I led that one with three ladies who I love dearly. And it was such an interesting conversation. And the reason we ended up doing that one is because I, I struggle with that. And I think a lot of it is because it's that feeling of their sense of belonging, feeling that you belong, feeling that you are worthy of somebody's friendship, mm -hmm. feeling that you have enough to offer or have enough to give or, um, you know, that you are, yeah, that they want to be your friend, that they want to invest in you and, and be your friendship. You have something to offer them. And I struggle with that a lot because of well, my self image, I yeah. guess. Right. A lot of times you think, you know, they maybe have enough friends or I don't know if they will like me, or I don't know if I fit in with that, or I don't know. You know, it's like, I think they seem nice, but I don't really want to make a first move because it's like kind of awkward and it's kind of weird. And, you know, we had sort of talked through some different situations during that podcast. So I suggest listening to it if you haven't, it was a good one. Um, but that feeling of belonging, it really, 
it's a it's a really tough one. And I think these other things, the self-confidence and the identity and feeling of competence almost kind of fall into that. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, if you're not confident in yourself and mm-hmm. your abilities and your strengths or why you would be a good friend or a good you know, person to be around and kind of how you view yourself. But yeah, that feeling of belonging one is a it's that a hard good. one. I know yeah. that one kind of hit me, too. I was like, oh, my gosh, like. Yeah. Like you want to, you want people to like you mm-hmm. and you want to get along with people and have fun and to be a part of it. And FOMO is a hard one for me too. I definitely have feelings of, you know, if people are going to go do something or whatever and you're not maybe invited or you're not part of that friend group or you're kind of a friend, but you're not like in the, you know, yeah. in the group and you see things happening. And it's like, you don't want to be jealous yeah. or sad, but you kind of are. Cause it's yeah. like, Oh, I thought maybe we were for, you know, yeah, kind yeah, of friends. Yeah. It's sort of an, a weird place. But then I also get into FOMO with my family, which is crazy. I always am like, I need a break from you guys. I need a break. <laughs> but then when I take a break, I feel like I'm missing out with my kids oh. and at home, it's kind of an opposite feeling. I don't know. It's, it's sort of, yeah. See, I don't experience You that. don't. Oh my gosh. I wish that I didn't, but I think my kids are the ones who guilt trip me the most. Yeah. You say that, you say your kids oh do that. I, it's, I don't it's have rough. that. They're just like, Hey, bye. Dad's yeah. here. Great. Like, it's not that they don't love me, but uh, they're yeah. just kind of like, we've created a good, healthy balance. Yeah. I think. So. I don't think we have a healthy balance. Maybe that needs to be the next. <laughs> I also have the next, all boys who are pretty true. low key. Yeah. Not that I'm saying boy. I just, in general, my boys are super low key. They're yeah. like, Oh, you're going, you're going. Okay. Bye. Like, see ya. see ya. I know. And that's the thing is my kids love being with their dad, but it's not, I don't know. They, they want me all the time. Like if it were up to them, I would be, I would go to school. I would be in kindergarten <laughs> right now with my daughter. Like I know all the answers, <laughs> um, but no, they would. And, and my son is a total mama's boy and I love it. And it makes my heart so happy. But at the same time, they make me yeah that's a tough one. <laughs> like it's a tough one I feel like when I leave them it's end of everyone's world but anyway so yeah that feeling of belonging that is definitely um definitely a hard one but so how um how has your opinion of yourself I think they're within different seasons kind of like we talked you know you had kind of given your examples of kind of being in the fitting room that one mm-hmm. time and then with the um the guy in high school you know who you broke up with but just the different seasons of your life I think you're sort of you know, opinion and of your self image has changed, but how would you say it's changed since you've become a mom? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still, when I physically, when I was, um, I, I'm one of the lucky few who loses weight during pregnancy. Mm. Like I'll come out of pregnancy with a new baby and lost 25 pounds. Wow. Great. And I can do it while eating cinnamon rolls for every meal. Like oh, that's lucky. I don't, I, I, yeah, I understand it's a blessing, <laughs> yeah. but it's also a curse in the sense that then when I'm done, I've conditioned myself to yeah. want cinnamon rolls for every meal, whatever it is, you know? And so I remember after my first son, I ballooned in weight. Mm. And then, um, after my second, I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to let this happen again. Mm-hmm. So when I finished, I um, committed to doing, uh, my friend had done a mile a day mm-hmm. for a whole year wow. running and I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I did this mile a day. And so with that, I started tracking a little bit more of what I ate and tracking my calories and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And, um, it got so dangerous for me mm-hmm. because I found myself, um, playing this game of how little calories can I eat? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I would, I would eat whatever I, I would play they would just see like how many remaining yeah. calories at the end of the day, like yeah. how little could I eat and be okay? Um, because, and then it was reinforced by people who were saying, you don't look like you just had a baby. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you look so skinny. You're disappearing. And because I didn't love who I was to begin with, mm-hmm. those were words of affirmation. Yeah. And I think it, it's a toxic place to find yourself. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time with people who say, you don't look like you just have a baby. Because why are we setting that as the standard that yeah. we can't look like we had a baby when we just had a baby? Exactly. Like there's there, a lot that goes into that. There's the cultural <laughs> yeah. dangers mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. And I fed full force into it. Mm-hmm. And so I felt guilty when I wasn't working out. And like, even now I still feel this, I still struggle with the guilt of my life is chaos mm-hmm. in this exact season. And I will guilt myself when I'm feeling too emotionally, mentally spent and mm-hmm. busy to give myself the time to work out because I, I just, I just spiral out of control. Like yeah. 
yeah, hey, I'm planning two, tri- two summer vacations this year. Wow, you're not going to look good on the beach. And I'm like telling myself these mm. things even now, like you really should just work out because in, in September, when you make your way to Vegas, you're going to be much happier with your body mm. if you start, you know, and I'm still doing those things. And so that shifted even more so after becoming yeah. a mom, because it wasn't so much well, and also my body's not the same as when I had my first kid. No. I'm not 23 anymore. No, so, I know. And we don't bounce back like we used to. <laughs> no. So there's a lot of it too, is I'm like almost doubled down in the sense that my body's not the same. And I just, yeah, just the bad mental space. And yeah. so I think that, and um, yeah, and also just the shift of, of friendships versus lifelong commitments in friendships mm-hmm. and also your family and, um, I am out of the sense of I need to hang out with my girls all the time. Mm -hmm. I still do those things, but shifting into being present in my Mm -hmm. family. And so that shift has really created a new space for me of contentment and seeking out that contentment of, I don't need to be part of all that. My friendships aren't going to diminish because I don't hang out with them every second of the day. That's not how things, that's not how true friendships work. Mm -mm. So I think recognizing that in the last couple years has made it so that I can say no to hanging out. Mm -hmm. So I can say that's not for me right now. Or I'm really grateful to have your friendship. Like, I'd love to chat with you, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to be up till one o'clock in the morning texting you because that's what you want me to do, yeah. you know, and, and just deciding that, yeah, that I'm going to be content right here, right now. And it's been a really valuable thing. Cause now I'm like, man, I don't, if they're all hanging out, like, yeah, there's a bit of me that's like, oh, that stinks. But then the other part of me is like, what's well, okay. My friendship with that person isn't going to be less because they're hanging out with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I don't need It's just a good space. I that think that is. So yeah, that is good. It's kind of funny how you said, you know, you're not who you were, you know, the same, you're not 23. Right. And going back to that, isn't it crazy how time can just, oh my gosh, it just goes so fast, but how different you are. I've said to my husband so many times, I don't know how I didn't like conquer the entire world before I had kids. Yeah. Like I should have had so much time to be doing all these things that I've wanted to do. Right. And now that I've got kids and a full-time job and husband, I'm trying to like also fit in all these other things. And I'm like, why didn't you try to like take this on before kids? It's kind of crazy, but yeah, no, you definitely don't bounce back. I said that to somebody the other day. I was like, I don't know if this all like tightens back up. I'm like three years postpartum with my last and I'm like, I don't know if if that's supposed to happen or not. I'm like, I don't totally understand. I'm like, well, my tummy always be soft like this. Is this just a thing? Like, how do we, how do we fix that? Am I going to wear (laughs) high-waisted swimsuits for the rest of my life? I'm like, I don't look good though. So I really hope not. (laughs) Got that little lower, lower pudge coming. I know. Yeah. You know, and I've always, I've struggled, um, yeah, becoming a mom, man, becoming a mom really can just mess with a lot of things. I mean, both good and bad, but, um, I grew up playing sports my entire life. They were part of me. I was always going from gym to gym or field, whatever, you know, playing sports. And I played volleyball in college and always active, never really had to worry about what I was eating or what, you know, like I didn't have to work out on top of, you know, the Mm -hmm. sports and stuff I was playing and then after college, um, I worked for a hockey team and I used to go to personal training. I competed in a couple of fitness competitions. Like, Oh yeah. I've seen old pictures of you yeah, as like a bodybuilder. Yeah. I did that for a period of time oh in my, my life before kids. And, you know, when I look back at those times and it's so interesting because I, I mean, at a couple of those times in college and after when I was training and stuff was in the best shape of my life, Mm -hmm. you know? And, but when I look back at pictures of myself, I can look at those and remember when I took those pictures, still picking apart Mm -hmm. everything that still didn't seem quite, quite right. Quite right. Mm -hmm. You know, I can still see the, you know, Oh, there's a little bit of that cellulite right there. Oh, there's a little bit of that. Or, Oh, you know, like there's still, and I remember, I vividly remember taking, like seeing those pictures. Now, when I look at them, I think, Dang me! What did like, I have to complain about? Are you complaining yeah. about like I would take part of that, you know, body yeah. back like in a minute? But it's crazy how you know you you do you grow and something I read somebody um, had posted on social media the other day. A friend I went to high school with, and you know, she was saying how she's her, you know, her she might not be where she wants to be physically, but she's you know, she's like I'm going to buy clothes that fit 
me the size that I am. I have a husband and, you know, a kid that love me, you know, just different things. She's like, I need to be present and be with my family and know, like, be grateful for for what I have. And I was reading that and I was like, you know, it's so true that we sit there and we think that there's this, I don't think my kids are going to love me anymore if I drop 15, 20 pounds. Um, You know, like, and my husband, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> That's up for debate. We'll see. But so they, at the end of the day, as long as we're doing the things I know, they I was need. like, he still has his lunch and his dinner and the house is clean, like well, laundry. I'm like another type. Oh, that but... type too. Yeah. I was, I'm taking care of like the whole list of my things. My husband's <laughs> like, I don't care what size you are. We are still <laughs> having fun. It's great. <laughs> That's right. There you go. He's good. Yeah, he's good. But you know, it's like, I, I you think about those things. And again, it kind of goes back to that whole thing of like, we are the ones who are so critical of ourselves yeah. and how we, how we feel there. And I am grateful that I was, you know, my body gave me my two kids mm-hmm. and there are definitely things that, um, are places I wish I could get back to and I'm working towards, you know, a, a different version, but I, I know I'm still not going to be that same. Yeah. 20 some year old girl. I'm in my thirties now. Like that's, it's, I need to be happy where I am mm-hmm. and kind of continue to grow through that. But it is hard to, look at some of those different seasons and see where you were and to not say, well, I I did it once before I should be able to do it again Mm -hmm. because it's not the same. Like Mm -hmm. the things I have in my life are not the same pre kids was easier to do that. And to your point, like, you know, when I think back of to where I was starving myself to look a certain way, you know, I had that same thought of like, Mm -hmm. I could do it again, but do I want to be in that mental space again? Like, you know, I don't look in the mirror and I'm not like, man, I'm banging. But like, I do look and say, yeah, but my mentally, I'm so much healthier mm-hmm. and I'm okay with looking at myself and being like, this isn't everything I want in my life. But yeah. at the same time, I don't need to destroy myself mm-hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally in order to get there. Yeah. You know, finding a good way, not guilting yourself when you don't mm-hmm. work out. And, you know, I said that to my friend who's fabulous, works out every day. She's amazing. And yes, there's part of me that's like, man, I, I could be doing that. Look, I could look like her if I did that. And then the other part of me was able to say to her mentally right now, my current task, my current like things I need to over hurdles I need to overcome mm-hmm. are this, this, and this. And that does not allow any extra mental capacity yeah. to wrap around being disciplined and working out and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. All right. Now, physically, sometimes I'm just in survival mode and yeah. it's being okay mm-hmm. with, I'm okay with my body right now. Like, is it where I want to be long-term? No. But at the same time, like if I hate myself, all I'm doing is wasting years. Exactly. And I'll look back and say, man, I wish I had just loved who I was in that Mm -hmm. moment instead of being like, man, I'm not good enough because I'm not working out like she is or, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's the whole, you know, I've said this to my husband the other day. I was, um, there was this like challenge, this like um, Facebook challenge gal. We we're both friends with Nancy. She had people oh, yeah. like post pictures of their, you know, with their significant others. And I was scrolling back kind of like through my phone. And I said to my husband, I was like, the picture I posted, we just took a couple weeks ago, but I forced him to take a picture with me. And I said, we don't, I was like, I'm not in anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like not in a lot of the pictures and stuff. And I know a lot of it's because I don't want to be because it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the way you look, you know, because I do, I critique every little thing. But part of me is like, I don't want to look back in so many years and be thinking that's the reason mm-hmm. like why, you know, we had the opportunity to go do X, Y, Z and my kids are having a great time and my husband's having a good time. But where am I in that mix? Mm-hmm. You know, and what was I thinking about? Was I worried that somebody was going to comment on the way I looked mm-hmm. or on something I was doing or that I'm going to sit there and pick apart my picture that, you know, next day of not feeling like I want to be in those. I want to, you know, take the time and enjoy those moments with my family and with my kids. And to know that when I look at that picture, I am not remembering that I was critiquing everything mm-hmm. about myself. Mm-hmm. Like I am doing now, like I, when, when I look back at pictures from the past of, I remember like picking those things apart when I really probably had no room to be doing that yeah. because I was not in maybe the best mental state physically. I was pretty good, but mentally I was not accepting of being okay with where I was and feeling, I guess, healthy and in the mind, the mindset part of that. Yeah. So it's definitely a, 
it's definitely a tough one. Yeah. But, um, so we obviously, we work for a church. Mm-hmm. We are the women of we Gold do, Creek. We do. We do. <laughs> so it's interesting because we're kind of talking about us and how we view ourselves in those types of things. But then, you know, I was kind of looking through and just different scripture and stuff of what God says about us and how, you know, we are made in his image. And um, there was a verse that I just wanted to read because I do think it's important and it kind of hits some of these. And it says, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe your yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Mm. And I just thought that that was so like, I mean, it's all those things. It's that outward thing that we're typically judging of ourselves or other people. It's, you know, the things that other things that people have that maybe we don't, or we don't feel adequate, um, in, mm-hmm. in certain areas. And so it was just a really good reminder mm-hmm. when I read that I was like, Oh, that is so good because it's true. It's, you know, what he's basing it off is our heart and who we are on the inside. It's not so much of the physical yeah. outward side that we spend so much time absorbed in, in yeah. this world. And if you pick, you know, something else that someone said to me one time, was the idea that when you nitpick everything about you, everything mm-hmm. about yourself, not just physically, but also like personality traits, yeah. like I am a leader, sometimes bossy, but also a leader. <laughs> and when I start to be like, man, I'm just too bossy mm-hmm. or I just, ta- I just steamroll everybody. And I start to nitpick personality traits. Yeah. Someone says, well, when you do that, you're essentially telling God that he didn't do a good enough job. Mm. And like, who are you to tell God that he Mm -hmm. didn't do a good enough job in creating you? If he's created you this way, why would you tell him he wasn't good enough? And so I'm like trying to, trying to look at those qualities that, you know, you can fine tune. I'm not saying be cool with everything, even the bad personality traits. I'm also part of that is also, I'm very controlling, Mm. recognizing that and being able to shift and allow God to take control, allow other people in my you know, my work circle to do Mm -hmm. things that I feel like I need to do that thing. No, let them do it. But, you know, so there's a a balance of Mm -hmm. fine tuning yourself to be who God created you to be, but also being accepting of some of those personality traits he's just naturally given you. Yeah. Empathy. Mm -hmm. And some people are super empathetic. Some people are not. They Mm -hmm. see things more black and white and like God's created in that way. So who are you to say that that's not good enough? Yeah. Like, do you want to try better? Like, come on. Yeah, I know. Right. Cause you can't teach some of those things. Like those yeah. are just things that, you know, you're, you're given and it's true. No, I really like that you said that. Yeah. And so do you feel like you've sacrificed yourself or your values in times to just to fit in with people? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I sacrificed for a, for a long time when I going back to that idea of the fear of missing out mm-hmm. and fear of friendships developing without me. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that there has been, I, I missed out on so much of time with my husband, so much time in some of the early, the early years of, of my older boys, um, because I was too busy investing mm-hmm. in these crazy friendships because I needed to be the everyone's number yeah. one guy, you know, like I needed to be it. I needed to, everyone to need me. I needed everyone to like me and sign their approval saying Mariah's good enough. And, <laughs> and she's my best friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mariah's like, best friend for everyone. Everybody to be, <laughs> I want to be everyone's <laughs> best friend. And again, going back to that thing I was saying where I think anxiety and the need for control told mm-hmm. me that I needed you to tell me I was good enough. Yeah. And so the FOMO meant that I, if I don't, if I'm not there, you're not going to be able to see how great I am. Exactly. And so um, I miss out on a lot with my, with my husband and Mm. my kids and so many nights away and so many sleepless nights where I'd stay up far too late Mm. having deep conversations that were completely unnecessary (laughs) that did nothing the next day for me and my friendships. And yeah, feeling the need that I had to be hitting every benchmark for their approval. Mm -hmm. Man, my husband loved me the whole time. Exactly how I was. (laughs) missed out on the chance for him speaking life into me at home exactly telling me how wonderful and amazing I am to be because I want Mandy to tell me how amazing and wonderful I am you know she is pretty amazing (laughs) and wonderful we talk about that a lot you know that we I know we we view each other very highly we're in a good space good space you are worthy Mariah (laughs) thank you Mandy (laughs) no that's so that's good yeah I mean yeah I've I've heard people say before I don't know that I've necessarily done this, but I think there are definitely times where, you know, 
you know, somebody's got like the next name brand thing mm-hmm. or the they're going on the big, you know, fancy vacation or it was, I remember this a lot during when a lot of my friends and stuff were getting married and um, it was like the bachelorette parties and the different things that, you know, people were doing was like, well, we're going to do this in Vegas and we're going to go yeah. here and we're going to go there and do all these things. And I'm sitting here thinking like, oh my gosh, like I want to be a part of it and I'm in on it, but it's like, it's a lot of time, it's a lot uh-huh. of money, you know, and things like that, that I'm like, I can't do this every you know, week for the four weddings I'm a part of, you know, or whatever. I remember during that season was a little bit tough of like, yeah, I want to be a part of this and be there to support you, but I can't do this. I felt like there was a lot of me that felt like I had to pretend that I could keep up with everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, with that. And just, that was hard Mm -hmm. because again, you want to be loved. You want to be the person who's asked and you want to be there to support your, you know, your people and your friends. Um, but yeah. And I think other friendships and things like you just, yeah, you want to be liked. Yeah. There's nothing. I, I I think that's just so big for me is like, I just, you want to be liked and you want people to appreciate you for who you are. I know a lot of times I'm kind of awkward, you know, and I'm kind (laughs) of like silly. And I, my husband yet like to admit it, I have to force it out of him, but I'm like, I am so funny. Like I'm just <laughs> so funny. He's and like, I, okay, I know he, he's hard to make laugh. Like he really is to get like a good laugh out of him. And I do it every now and then it's like, I'm pretty witty, you know, and, um, I'll tell him, I remind him a lot how funny I am, <laughs> but you know, it's like little things like that, but it's like, but my quirkiness and things, it's like, if you can't accept me for that and who I am, it's like, do you really mm-hmm. want those people mm-hmm. in your life anyway? It's like, are they tr- bending over backwards or trying mm-hmm. so hard to be a part of your life? Yep. You know, it, it's just, yeah, it's from all of it. It's the, it's the material things. It's the physical things. It's the mental things. Like if I have to try that hard to be in some somebody's life, mm-hmm. then it's not, it's not in their life. No. And you know, the other thing that I always think about more recently, I guess I think about is like, why am I putting so much time, effort and stock into what you think about me? And I put no effort yeah. and stock into what God thinks about me. Does God like who I'm being? Does yeah. God like the way I'm behaving in this situation? Does God like the sacrifices I may or may not be making? Mm-hmm. Does he like his, our current relationship status, God and me, are we close enough? Like, is he happy with that? And I don't ever think about those things. Mm-mm. I just think about like, well, do they like me? And to your point, like I, my, my best friend, she turns, we both turned 30 this year. Mm. And, um, I'm young, I know my young pups. Yeah. Um, so she's her birthday's in July and she texted all, about all of mm-hmm. us, you know, we're going to this town and she lives in Texas, this town in Texas. It's like the wine country of Texas okay. or whatever. And we're going to go down and have a weekend away and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there like looking at t- t- plane tickets and I'm like, but will she think I'm not committed to our friendship if I don't fork out $700 to go yeah. to her birthday party? Like, and so I'm like, okay, well maybe I should just suck it up and go to this birthday party. I really want to go yeah. financially. I probably shouldn't, but I really want to go. But I also, because I want her to know that I'm committed. Yeah. Is that the thing that I'm not worried about her? She will, she knows I'm committed, Yeah. but I, I doubt it in mm-hmm. my head. I'm like, but maybe she won't think I love her enough. Yeah, if I, I go to this vacation, yeah. but not her vacation, mm-hmm. she's going to say, well, you know, she's going to think I'm less of a friend yeah. and I don't love her enough or I'm not prioritizing her. And I'm like, I don't want her to think that. Well, no. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you ever want to feel that way, but it's also, you have to do what's best for you, right? In your yeah. situation. And again, if you feel like you have to prove something, but isn't yeah. it so crazy how our minds, our minds. But the thing is for me, especially because I'm like, I look at her and I, she would never think no. that. She would never be like, you didn't spend $700 on my birthday. You're not my friend. Yeah. She would never say that. But yet I start to be like, will she think that? Will she think mm-hmm. that? No, I've been friends with this girl for 15 years. She would never think no. that. Yeah. But I'm worried she might. She might. No, seriously. <laughs> this is, might be the one time in 15 yeah. years she might decide I'm not worthy of it. No. Like, you didn't come to my Get birthday out party. Of here, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But so let's kind of talk. Let's give some sort of encouraging yes, tips we'll to people. That. That We've talked you. a lot about sort of how we feel and different things like an external and internal. So do you have any tips or suggestions or anything encouraging to anybody who's listening who is like us? Yeah, <laughs> who's, I, mean, I wouldn't say that we're both like crazy struggling this, but it's a daily kind of thing, at least yeah. for me. And I want to speak for you of just, you know, of the always wondering if you're enough and kind of the criticizing mind mindset. So how, what would you say to people? I would say one of the first things is that 
it's an everyday shift. Mm -hmm. It's not a one and done. And so it gets discouraging when you're really trying to be okay and content. And then something comes up and past feelings come up and you're like, oh gosh, I'm back in there, Mm -hmm. that space. It's okay. Like every day, wake up and decide this is how I'm going to be. And every day, you know, you're going to have to continue to watch your thoughts. They're going to keep popping up and it's going to be so hard, but just the little, the little shifts, the little tweaks. And, um, you know, I was, I was telling you earlier about, um, this book that a friend of mine's reading Mm -hmm. and it's talks a lot about your mental space and it talks, it, it references these two envelopes. The first envelope comes from knowing your worth in Christ and knowing what God says about you and knowing who you should be and this positive mentality and all this kind of stuff. Envelope number two is the negative thoughts, the self deprecating thoughts, the, um, Satan weaseling his Mm -hmm. way in. Right. And so every time a thought pops into your head, you'd be like, wait, is it, am I pulling from envelope number one in this Mm -hmm. thought or am I pulling from envelope number two? And if I'm pulling from this envelope number two, this negative envelope of thinking, how do I shift it? Mm -hmm. And so it's a constant thing. And so that would be, I think my first encouragement is like, don't give up. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it'll take forever. It's never going to be enough As, as women. We are bred to believe that we are not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. I believe, I think culture tells us we're never going to be okay. And so that's not, (laughs) that's not a good spot to be in, but you Mm -hmm. can fix it slowly. Yeah. Decide today. I'm going to be okay with staying home with my family today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be. And the other thing I think I would really say is like, you know, asking yourself, like, would Mandy tell me, man, you got way too many stretch marks. No, she would not. (laughs) Would I say that to Mandy? Absolutely not. So why do I say it to myself? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm coming for you. (laughs) But why would I say it to myself? Exactly. If my friends, if I wouldn't tell that to my best friend and my best friend wouldn't tell that to me, why do I get to say that to myself? You know, love yourself as much as your best friend loves you. Mm, That's not as good advice. I like that. (laughs) I like that. And I guess with that, that would be making sure you're picking good best friends. Mm -hmm. Quality people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember having my, you know, my, one of my dearest best friends I we went for a walk a few summers it was like four summers ago and I I proposed to her in a sense I was like okay I want to be a friend like are we really doing this like are we (laughs) thick and thin like we're investing in this friendship because I don't have time if you're not invested in me so like good bad ugly do you want to be part of this and she's like yeah I do and so it was like this proposal thing and so because I have you know you have those friendships and you seek them out and those are those life-giving friendships Mm -hmm. and as soon as I started establishing a couple of those it was like I don't care if you don't like me. Yeah. Like you got your people. Exactly. Right. You got your people love you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got to keep your circle small. Yeah, And and keep those people, pour into those people. Yeah. And they'll pour into you and, and people who bring you back to Christ too. People remind you what God thinks about you. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. I'd say, well, I am challenging myself with this five minute a day journal. So I would just say if that's something that is interesting to you or would be helpful maybe try it. Um, like I said, I'm just kind of diving into it. And so maybe on another podcast episode, I'll talk about it, but just, you know, putting things that you're grateful for, I think starting your day off that way, Mm -hmm. just kind of puts more of a positive spin on your day and then your wins at the end of the day. So if you want to try that out, I think that would be good. And you know, and just picking maybe a word for yourself or mm-hmm. a daily kind of affirmation for yourself in the mirror. And this is something I'm going to take my own advice on. <laughs> you know, like I said, giving yourself maybe a compliment rather than sitting there and picking apart everything you don't like about yourself. Maybe find one thing that you do a day and just keep that closer. You know, I kind of, I think stemmed sort of this year through this challenge that I'm doing is um, I've, the word I've kind of chosen for myself is worthy mm. because I do believe that I'm worthy of love and I believe I'm worthy of, um, the things that, that, that just, if I, just to get what I, not to get what I want, that sounds so bad to say, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm worthy of taking time for myself and for making myself a priority and for feeling and being loved by the people in my life and by myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest piece of it. And like I said, I don't think my kids would care so much how much I change mm-hmm. as long as they know that I'm there and that I love them and care about them. And so I need to, I need to channel more of how, how they are, you know, yeah. they're definitely forgiving and loving. So yeah, those would be kind of my, my challenges. Find maybe a word for yourself, give yourself a daily affirmation and write down what you're grateful for and some wins for the day and see if that maybe changes sort of your outlook and your, your thought processes. Yeah. I think I agree with you. I think those are really good spots to start. And yeah. Yeah. It just goes back to just, yeah. And you're not saying a million things you're grateful for every day. No. It's pick one thing, mm-hmm. pick one thing, pick one or two wins for the day. And 
just continue to remind yourself that, you know, there are people that love you and you're in, and you can love yourself. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not shameful to no. love yourself. And I was thinking, as you're saying this, one other thing that I think I'm shifting into is the social media piece. Oh, my God. oh Lord have mercy. And I work in it <laughs> every day. <laughs> and that's, that's, so I think a lot of it is, yeah, that, that piece that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sitting there scrolling and it does not make me feel good it about myself. No. And of course, all these people are doing the same thing I am, which is just catering what we post mm-hmm. to make other people like them. Yep. No one's posting not very many people are posting the nitty gritty, but if, if you're finding that you are engaging in something, social media, maybe, you know, my friend, she, she can't watch bachelor bachelorette because it makes her feel awful about herself. She can't watch um, like real housewives because it gives her anxiety and try to be more aware Mm -hmm. of how the things you're putting into your mind are affecting you. And if social media makes you feel awful, don't do it. Yeah. Or if a TV show that you're watching doesn't make you feel great, don't do it. If you're listening to a radio station and you find that it's like all of this inappropriate stuff and all of a sudden you just realize your mental space is not mm-hmm. as bright and as it should be, don't listen to it. You know, it's you don't ha- you're not you're not forced to subject yourself to no. these things that are encouraging this bad behavior. So, be more fine-tuned with it and be okay with saying I don't need to know what what so and so ate for breakfast this morning. <laughs> Social media is not for me. I, mean, I know. Yeah, there are definitely days where I'm like, oh, I need to. Do they do like social, like a social media fast? Is that like a thing? Yeah, you should, like I for should Lent. Have... Don't people do something for Lent? Yeah. Still, that's still a thing. I think it's still a thing. It's hard when you actually work in it. I though. know. And that's what is hard. And I try to keep a lot of times myself more like focused, just kind of like church wise and stuff and paying attention to that. But it's really hard to then not. I mean, I'm on all the platforms every day anyway, so it is hard mm-hmm. to kind of separate the two, but I do, I find myself like aimlessly scrolling at yes. the end of the night and it's almost like I can't look away. Yes. Like I can't, I can't turn it off. You and can't like, miss anything. I can't miss anything. But what's funny what is if you miss something ha- oh my yeah. gosh. and half of it, I don't really care. Yes. Like when I think about it, I'm like, what, what did that serve? Like that did not serve me in my life in any way. It's Mm-mm. just given me kind of an update and you're so right. And I think we've talked about this on a lot of episodes and it's being brought to attention a lot more though it it's so hard though when you are seeing what people consider to be like their highlight reels Mm -hmm. and there are some people on there who I do think you know will really show you who they are and will show their vulnerable sides or you know an emotional thing for them or a a hardship in their life and I do think it's great to bring those to light as well but for the most part it's like this is what I have and Mm -hmm. you know like do you like it or do you love it? Or do you want to comment a bunch and tell me how great I am and how wonderful my, you know what I, mm-hmm. it's, it's so hard then to not compare your life or your place to theirs. And I know they always say, don't compare your, like your starting point to somebody else's, you know, yeah. like yeah. whatever, but it is, it's hard. It, and I've done that a lot with people I went to school with and like grew up with. And I look and see, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, how, how are they taking this like fifth vacation this year and doing all these things, mm-hmm. but I don't know what's truly going on mm-hmm. in their lives. I'm just seeing sort of that, what they choose to, what show they choose to show and sort of the highlights and the big yeah. points. And I can't say that I'm not you know, I also don't do that from time to time. Like I typically will post the best picture of my family oh, yeah. or something that yeah. we do. Cause I don't want everyone to see that, you know, my child was throwing a fit on the floor <laughs> for about 10 minutes and the bribes you have to do to get yep. the good picture or, you know, the, yes. yeah, the tantrums and the fights and the things that happen before those a lot of times, like that's not what we want to share with no. people. Right? Um, I think a lot of us, you know, I, I keep thinking this thought of we are called to be the light as Christians, we are called to be the light mm-hmm. and we have a, a, a responsibility mm-hmm. that I don't think we are taking seriously enough that we need to be the light in every aspect of our life. That doesn't mean picking and choosing the best things to post, but that also means recognizing when something, when you're ingesting something that is not good for mm-hmm. or conducive to yeah. you being the light. And this is dragging me down. How am I supposed to love my neighbor better when I'm feeling like this? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that responsibility is something we need to remember when it comes to what we consume and the thoughts that we replay. Is this helping me be a better light? And if it's not, you have to stop. It's our responsibility to stop it because our job is to share Christ's love, to remind them how much he loves them and the eternity they can have Mm -hmm. and the implications there. uh, If we are not doing our job well as Christians is eternal implications, you know? And, and so if I allow myself to only be so wrapped up in 
my physical appearance or if I allow mm-hmm. myself to look at my friend who posts at the butt crack of dawn and watch her workout videos <laughs> and be like, dang, and I'm just hating myself because yeah. of it. I'm not I'm not a, a, a good light no. at that point. Yeah. And so I think keeping it in a bigger picture way, like an eternal way, you know, you got it. You got it. Your mindset has to shift to an eternal mindset and the responsibility we have as Christians and. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, we do have a lot of responsibility when it comes I to know. this. Oh, you got to do it well. Yeah. He's that's counting a lot of pressure us. now. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, he loves you still. <laughs> he and loves he loves you. you. He loves that. everyone. You're good. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to No, man. Say? Sometimes that's another one of my negative things is I sometimes I'm like, I'm sick of hearing my own voice. Do I like think your that? voice. Thank you. But do you ever think you talk so much that you're like, man, I'm tired of myself yes. talking. I yeah. can only imagine how everyone else feels. <laughs> so on that note, I've got nothing else. She's got share. nothing else. Mariah is out. Oh, she's leaving on a high note out the door. <laughs> no. I like hearing your voice. And well, thank I you. will share the mic with you any day that you want to oh, be on that. an episode with this me. This is so but fun doing this. It is. Well, I've appreciated you today and for you know, chatting about self-image. It's not the easiest thing to talk about. I mean, it's just kind of sort of put yourself out there, but that's okay. Everyone makes, we can take some steps and yeah. So pick up a couple tidbits from this. That's right. That's the goal. That is the goal. Start slow. Love yourself. You got this. Still talking. Yeah. And have a good week. Can't stop. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us today. And our next topic is going to air on Wednesday, February 23rd. And we're going to be getting real about life hacks. Ooh. Ooh. Bribery life hacks. (laughs) Bribery fits for good pictures. Yes. All the things that you can do. What is the best bribe to get a two-year-old to take a picture Maybe some life hacks yeah we got it i'm excited about that i one. know it should be good i'm not exactly sure which direction we're all you know they'll go with their stuff but it'll be good it should be fun to listen to i'm yes. always down for life hacks if something can make my life easier Let's sign do. me up yeah <laughs> so we'll hope you guys will join us for that and that you've enjoyed listening to getting real about and just remember that you can find us on any of the major podcasting platforms and we are out the second and fourth wednesday of each month so thanks again for joining us thanks mariah thank you